everyone, xin chào. This is Minan again, back with the fintech podcast, um, episode two of uh, this season. So today we are very honored to have Mr. Minho, who is uh, currently the head of growth at Coin Ninety Eight, and he also uh, had experience of being a sales manager at Motifi and also a marketing graduate of University of Illinois at Chicago. Um, welcome, uh, Mr. Min. We're really uh, honored to have you here with us today. Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, it's Ming here. And yeah, I'm really excited today to um, join RMIT FinTech Club for this uh, yeah amazing opportunity to share with you guys about Coin98. And uh, yeah, let's get started. Mm. Um, so to begin with, could you uh, give us a little bit more information about yourself and your experience at Coin88? Yeah, sure. So um, I, you know, I, I spent uh, five years um, in the United States um, studying marketing um, at uh, UIC. Um, and then um, after that, I decided to go back to Vietnam uh, right away uh, because I just love, you know, to start my, my career in Vietnam instead of like in the U.S. And uh, yeah, and then I actually had uh, two jobs at like two different startups in Vietnam uh, before joining uh, Motif. Uh, where I, you know, spent also more than four years uh, working as like a sales manager there. Um, and then uh, in um, 2020, I joined uh, Coin98 um, as head of growth. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I started working there since then. And uh, it has been like a great pleasure. And uh, yeah, it's like a great journey for me as well. So I uh, can't wait to share more with you guys today. Um, So I want to ask you, um, what is the... Uh... The, the chance, like, how did you get to know Coin98 and join the team? Because previously you work at, like, uh, as a sales manager, right, at a quite traditional uh, field. So what is the opportunity there? Yeah, so actually it's uh, quite, like, a, a quite a surprise to me as well uh, because it's quite uh, random, I would say. I uh, I saw a post from uh, Tang, who who is the founder of, of Coin98 at the time, uh, he was like posting, I remember on, on Facebook about, uh, you know, just like not even like hiring, but like more of a like, you know, just, just asking people want to join him in this journey of, of like, you know, building up something about crypto and, and blockchain in Vietnam. And at the time, like I, I has been, um, you know, I've been uh, learning and also like researching about uh, crypto and blockchain. Uh, so I've been in the market for quite a while. And at that time, I just decided, you know, maybe I just want to join and do something uh, with crypto. Uh, so I, you know, took the shot. Uh, I I, uh, I emailed him uh, our, my CV. And yeah, and then after that, uh, you know, we got the chance to talk. And he decided to, you know, um, you know, uh, ask me if you want, I want to join the team. And I, I say yes, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how it began. Wow. Um, and you joined, uh, when you first joined, you was already the head of growth? Or did you start out, you know, at a lower position? Um, yeah, I started out as like a head of growth already. Uh, because, you know, at the time, it's the team quite small. And, you know, in like a startup, uh, you know, it, it's usually you, uh, because it's startup is so small. And you do actually, yeah, even with like head of growth, I basically do pretty much all the tasks before. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's not just like stick with one task, which I love about startup in general. Like you have to do a lot of stuff. And then once you know that you can like, you know, 
um, once you hire more people, you can like you know, transfer those skills and those uh, what you are known to them, and you know, yeah, and they can you know do it for you and uh, just like building up the whole team. Yeah. Mm. So um, I'm just curious, what what specific tasks, like everyday tasks, that you have to do as a head of growth? Because you mentioned that you're in a startup, right? Coin ninety eight is still um pretty new. So um yeah, so you have to do a bunch of stuff, so, like as opposed to being a sales manager back then, you um when you only had to do you know one task, for example. So how 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 has the transition been for you? Right. So um, in the beginning, um, I focused more on like uh, in growth, basically like growth on and marketing. So uh, pretty much everything we do with like doing uh, with partners. So uh, it can be like in partnership or it can be like, you know, in the product level. So as you guys know, you know, uh, coordinate is like building out a lot of products. So we talk with partners to how to um, integrate products um, and support their, their product as well. Um, and then also another thing is like, you know, in terms of marketing. Um, so we have to make sure that everything going out is like correct. So we have like content uh, is one big part of it. So everything we put out uh, on our on our channels, we have to make sure that, you know, everything's correct and going through our, our guidelines. Uh, and then we also have, you know, um, we have to study the market, right? Uh, what is the trend? Um, how we actually grow? So like in terms of like the users, so like what the users want to do now, uh, what's the trend now? Um, and then also we, we have to um, learn about the market, um, you know, besides like the, the trend is there, but then also like what the future, like the long-term future is not just the trend at the like, short term. So um, that kind of stuff. And also, uh, yeah. And then one, one thing of that is like uh, the customer service, which is like quite uh, unique here because I don't think that any other product at the same level of us can offer uh, the same level or the same quality of customer service. So yeah, we have to make sure that, you know, our um, customer service agents like, you know, understand the product and then can help, you know, our users to use this like, you know, um, perfectly. Um, so yeah, and and also like on top of everything, we have to make sure that we keep up with all the updates uh, in the crypto space uh, because it's really like fast moving, right? So uh, like one thing you know today can be like different tomorrow. So uh, yeah, we have to make sure that to, um, have our time to read all that stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, but uh, everything, like every time I work, uh, it just feel like really new. And uh, yeah, I just like learn every day. So um, that's really awesome. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. Like, Do you manage a lot of people? Like you have a lot of people who share the work with you? So um, actually in our team, we call uh, labs. Uh, we, um, I call it with another colleague. So Two of us, we we lead a team. Like I think right now, about uh almost twenty people, maybe like fifteen to twenty people. Uh, so yeah, about that number. Yeah, so Coin ninety eight is still a small, medium sized company, so less than a hundred people, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, so when I first started, we actually I think we have like around twenty thirty people. Um, and right now, um, I think we yeah we we closing up to one hundred. I think we have like eighty something so uh so i think we've grown quite a bit like almost triple within a year or so so uh yeah yeah that's impressive um so what is the best part you think you like most about you know coin 98 whether it's work environment or you know the opportunities or you know the vision of the founders what is the best thing here at coin 98 um so i think it could be a mixture of everything 
because so it always my dream, right? I, I I mentioned before that I always wanted to work for like startup. So that's why I spend uh, pretty much all my career in like startup. So uh, yeah, so like Motif, my previous company is also a startup uh, from the UK. Um, and now, you know, Coinate is startup, you know, from Vietnam. Uh, I, I just love working in startup environment. And also, you know, I love the visionary, of course. That's that's why basically I started uh, just from like a conversation with, with Tang, the founder. I, I love his vision. I, I love how we, how we got the, uh, yeah, I always look forward to the future. Um, and yeah, that could be, you know, just, just great to, to work with people like him and, you know, building up the team uh, like that. Um, and of, of course, you know, there's also like opportunities in uh, crypto, which is like really, really huge market. And also, um, you know, it, it's like a new new market. There's like new opportunities and, you know, you just have to like take your chance there. So I love that as well. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I can I can ask more. <laughs> yeah, that's very much like uh, like everything, like a combo of thing, not like a single thing, right? Um. So, okay, so let's move on uh, to uh, the Coin88. So we talk more about, you know, the company and what the values the company is offering. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration of the founders who first started Coin88? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so I think most people, especially in Vietnam, would know Coin88 back in like 2017, uh, where, where our fire tank like started it as like community here. Like mo- mostly it'll be about like sharing knowledge because uh, he's he's back there. Like, you know, he he researched a lot, he read a lot, and he shared that with the community. So um, and, and that's just like you know a lot of people like catch up on that. Uh, they want to learn to know more to learn more. Um, and yeah, I just it just like started from there. Uh, and then after that, you know, um, I think in two thousand nineteen. Um, and then Tang met uh, Ving, who is like co-founder and now is CEO of the company. Um, they basically uh, created Coin Finance with an, another co-founder, uh, and uh, yeah, shift from like going from just like a community more into like an actual company of building products. So the vision would be more like, oh, uh, you know, Vietnam, you know, we had this great community, but also like a great technology that we can produce, you know, from our developers, uh, and which is like they they would feel like, uh, why don't we start, you know, something up. Uh, make this like you know the first Vietnamese uh, you know company uh, a blockchain that that you know that that they just love and uh, yeah and then from that um, and at the time that I talked to them uh, I still feel like the passion you know uh, the passion of like becoming you know uh, maybe you say like a, an unicorn or, or whatever like like it's a dream for all startup right to be like a unicorn uh, like they they still have the passion in them even like after. Uh, you know, a few years already. Uh, so I just love that. And that would be, you know, uh, the vision of the team. And uh, yeah, so so uh, it'd be great to, to, to be in that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned something there. I think real, it's really interesting is the shift between, you know, the community and um, when the company started to build actual product in 2019. So do you think... Um, the shift is something that really defines the success of Coin98 right now. And um, is Coin98 still continuing to, you know, emphasize on the product more? Or is it still keeping that, you know, community uh, value within the company? Yeah, so I think it's definitely one of the factor of, of how you can so-call our uh, success, uh, just like a milestone for us, I would say. Uh, 
Um, so um, yeah, you know, uh, so the community is definitely still there. It's not going anywhere. Um, you know, actually with, with Coinet Finance right now, we had three different arms. So one would be Coinet Ventures where we do like investment and stuff. And then we have Coinet Labs where if we focus on building products and then we still have Coinet Network, which is like the community and media type. Um, so yeah, it's still there, you know, uh, we still want to share knowledge so people can still go to like coinnet.net. Uh, for the Vietnamese audience, you know, you can still go there and uh, learn a lot about crypto and blockchain. Uh, we still do research there. Uh, we still share our knowledge there. Uh, but then also products is still our core uh, within the labs team. So, uh, yeah, you know, we have the credit wallet, uh, you know, it's our core product. And then we're also building everything out uh, from that ecosystem as well. You know, we have the exchange. We have your more services like, you know, that's coming out. Uh, like staking, um, also like building, uh, like a bunch of other stuff as well. So yeah, the products is, you know, the core now. Um, but the, the, um, the community will always be there. Definitely. So, um, if I ask you if you are to choose one to focus on, then would you pick either one of them or you would pick both? Maybe both, right? Uh, yeah, maybe both. But it, it, it depends on, like, of course, in, especially in startup or, or especially like a, a te- technology startup, you have to really focus on, like, you have to prioritize things, right? Like, which one is important, uh, more than the others at a certain time. So as, as of right now, um, since like, it, we spent like two years, I think, uh, focused on community first. So that would be when I pick community as a bit more important. And then now where we have the products already, so I would pick like the product would be just a bit more important um, as it's of like how we put resources, right? How we put the resources of the team there to um, actually uh, make the product better uh, for the community and for the users, of course. But then the community is still there. Like it's just like, we, we just, yeah, just a bit bit more on the product at, 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 uh, at the person, yeah. Yeah, so I think the logic is that you have the community there. So some somebody there for you, for the company to serve. And then you roll out the product to offer the community more values. Then you kind of like just grow both of them. And that would benefit a lot like to the community and also to the company, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so... um. Since you mentioned uh, one of the core product of Coin88 is um, the multi-chain wallet, could you elaborate on uh, what is the function of that for the audience? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so our wallet is like a non-custodial, which basically means that you store, like you have your own key. So you basically in control of your wallet and it's like a multi-chain. So uh, basically right now, I think with the latest update, uh, you can sort of like you have can have like uh, I think fifty plus blockchains there, so quite quite a few, and uh yeah and then it's like you mean it's made for DeFi and also like it can store NFT as well you know NFT is like the keyword of you know twenty twenty one so I uh, just want to uh make it there uh but yeah you know in general um that's talk about the wallet we have uh is have the um on app. So you can download it on um, Google Play or, or on Android and also like App Store on, for iOS. We also have it on um, extension. So you can have it on like Google Chrome extension and also on like a app version as well. So you can use it as like a, on the web. Um, so that's all the version that we have. Um, as in terms of the numbers, I just want to get it out there a bit in terms of numbers. So um, we have like, I think we just cl- really close to around 
um, 800,000 users uh, worldwide. Um, so yeah, pretty close to that 1 million users. Um, and then we have um, roughly, uh, I think 20, 25% will be from Vietnam, you know, because like we restarted out in Vietnam. Uh, but then, yeah, recently, actually, we got a lot of like growth and traction from like uh, all the emerging markets. So like, you know, US, you know, top 10, uh, Russia, Turkey, uh, India, Indonesia, Nigeria. So yeah, yeah, you can see it, it's like all over the places. So it's quite global. Yeah, international. Yeah, yeah, international. So uh, yeah, so it's really something that we kind of proud. It's like it, it market like our milestone as well. So uh, yeah, so that's pretty much of the wallet. Um, it's the core of our product. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, give it a try, you guys, if you want to get into like crypto. Yeah, I already downloaded it. Um, so because your product is such, you know, a global and, you know, the user base is international. So are you competing with some of the big players out there? And how are you standing up to them? Like in terms of, you know, what are the competitive advantages that you have for your product, for the wallet? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, we'd absolutely, you know, want to be um, considered uh, among the top ones out there. So I think for most users, um, they would know either two, uh, either one of these two. So one would be MetaMask. So that would be uh, the standard, I would say, the standard wallet that everyone should know about or get started with. Uh, they, they are like the first, uh, you can say, like Web3 wallet out there, like DeFi wallet. Um, so yeah, you know, um, and then also the other one would be trust wallet, um, which is like, uh, really, uh, I would say the pretty, pretty user-friendly wallet that, you know, uh, backed by or the Binance basically bought the company. So it's really popular as well. Um, so, so to compare, right, um, uh, for, for MetaMask, I would say that is, um, so it has both on mobile and extension. So like the same with us. But um, I, I think one cool thing about us, which is like like us really unique, is that we support like multi-chain um, that have, you know, uh, so so with MetaMask, they only support like EVM chain. So it's like like Ethereum or Binance Smart Chain, the one that, you know, compatible with Ethereum. Um, and the, the way how they, um, how you switch between chains is quite... I would say non like not that user friendly because you have to know uh, how to set up like RPC, how to set up things in the wallet, like inside the settings. So uh, it's a bit tricky, I think, to like the new users. Um, for us, it's really easy. So if you just create like one multi chain wallet, uh, basically it has all the all the chains there, and it's like for non EVM chain as well, like Solana or Near or. Um, yeah, like any other chains that's like non-EVM. So we also support with just one wallet. So it's, I think it's really um, easy to use um, for users. Uh, the one like for newbies as well. Um, so that would be the, the key thing for us. Um, and compared to like, you know, Trust Wallet, you know, we, Trust Wallet only is like a mobile app one. So they don't have like extension or web. So that would be one of the things that, you know, that if, let's say if you want to use it on a desktop, you cannot, right? So it's, it's the missing out. Um, and also uh, with, with Trust Wallet, uh, they don't have like this thing called uh, a dApp browser where you can just like access to all these dApps right within the app. So uh, we, we offer that. And, and I think uh, that's a really convenient for the user as well. 
So I think that could be a few key things uh, beside one major thing that I think people tend to forget about is actually the, the customer service. So let's say if you use MetaMask or Trust Wallet, right? Uh, they do have customer uh, service for sure. But let's say if you want to reach them, uh, it's quite hard. And I think it's like, you know, not as, um, I think, convenient for like for a Vietnamese user, right? Let's say if you want to reach uh, MetaMask, you have to use English and then you have to write them an email or something like that. So if you go to their like Twitter or something like that, uh, you see that people complaining how to get the, the, the support, right? So I think people tend to forget about how, um, you know, how, how, how big it is of like a customer service for like a product like that, especially in like crypto or DeFi, which is like really new. And there's a lot of like, uh, which is like a bad part of crypto is like scams, you know, uh, like a lot of scams going on. Yeah. So, uh, so customer service is actually a big part of it. So I think people need to, uh, maybe appreciate more of like the customer service that we're offering. Uh, but yeah, I think that's so a few things that make us like, you know, have an edge. Uh, comparing to like MetaMask or Trust, yeah. Mm. Regarding the customer service part, so so of course, I think you have a dedicated team to support like calls and you know messages from you know it, especially the Vietnamese um, users, as you have said, like they may find difficulties using other products because they are foreign and you know English, um, they have English setting in, instead of Vietnamese, right? But then, like, how about other users from different countries? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we actually, uh, yeah, we do have like a CS team that, you know, take care of, uh, pretty much all of that and not just like Vietnamese, but also like in other languages as well. Um, I was asking, but what about like other users from, um, other countries like Russia, like USA? So, so how do you support them or are the customer service like being customized a lot or how do you actually deal with those foreigners? Right. So I think um, I would break it down into two parts. Uh, so first that we, for those, you know, markets, we do support the languages in the app. So for example, people with like from Russia or, or China or, or wherever we, right now we support like, I believe uh, 12 languages uh, in our app. So people would just like change the language to their native one. So it, like it's already easier to use. Right. And then for the customer service, um, we do have a few um agents that can speak like Russia or um, China, Chinese, uh, you know, uh, like a few languages that we can support. Uh, most of the time that it will be in English. Uh, we, we try, we try to, to support them in their native languages, but, uh, you know, we need to scale our team more to do so, uh, which we try. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, but then uh, we also have like, you know, these communities, right. Um, that people get to join in and then, there's like users from their uh, countries that can actually help them in the community itself. And of course, we are also like having this, um, you know, program called like, you know, ambassador program where you can just join in and you can actually help out in the community. And then you can get like, you know, um, the recognition and the rewards from Kanye 8 for sure. So yeah, there's like you know, programs that we can actually help to, to, to help out in the community. That's actually interesting. Yeah, like having a community to support each other. So, um, so I think you have mentioned a lot of um, you know, competitive advantages and strong foundation that Coin eighty eight have. So, do you think like those foundation have led you know to such a success? 
recent success of Coin88, and、um, if you are to summarize all of them into you know one equation or one secret sauce for you know any company to become successful like Coin88 in this field, then what would that be? <laughs> if you're willing to share. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, actually, uh, I think I, I heard this actually from、um, actually our founders. They、um, they do have like a few interviews、uh, before, and、I、actually learned this from them.、Um, basically, that、uh, there's no secret source or no one single、uh, formula, right, to to success. And even to us, we just feel like it's not like a a big success already. We 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 feel like it's just like a, a first chapter of what we're trying to build. Um, so、uh, I think to us it would be like、uh, a combination of the people. So you have to have the right people,、uh, and then you have you need to have like the right vision, which is come from the founders, of course. And once you have that, and you and you just put in like a great、uh, environment and the great、uh, opportunity,、uh, then you just everything just like go into place.、Um, I think that's a great sharing for our founders that you know. You need. You just need to keep trying,、uh, because you never know what would be the next opportunity that you have,、uh, that you can actually grow a lot from that. So,、uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest,、uh, to all like you know,、uh, startups out there, or you would think about starting up,、um, I think just yeah, just 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 give it a try, you know,、um, you know, because、uh, what one one of the I would say like a quote for our father would be like, even he can do it, so everyone can do it. So I think. I think that would be a great,、uh, you know. I, I think it can be a great inspiration to like, you know, to people out there that you know just want to try it out, especially like in a field like crypto or blockchain, which is like really new,、um, and you want to try it out, you know, just 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 do it,、uh, basically. So yeah, that would be my advice. Well,、uh, so.、Mm, yeah,、um, that's actually interesting. It's like. Um, you know the Nike、uh, slogan, like just do it. It's like really famous, and and then it's yeah, old but go right.、Mm. Sometimes we just need to start out. Yeah, take the first step.、Mm. Okay, so now let's move on to、uh, DeFi. So because since Coin eighty eight is operating mainly in the DeFi, you know,、uh, field. So how would you describe DeFi to like a high school student?、Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that's a great one. It's a challenge, but yeah, just break it down easy. <laughs> right. So I think, yeah. Okay.、Uh, okay. I- I'll try my best. So,、uh, so first, we have to understand that DeFi is like、um, it is like decentralized finance, right? So、uh, what it means is that、um, so everything that we know before、uh, that we interact with in terms of like finance would be、uh, centralized finance. So in terms of like banking, you know, you need to have, you know, the bank as a military,、um, or you know, everything there that you do,、um, insurance. You know, you have to get through like a middleman, the company. So,、uh, yeah, so all these things is called like centralized finance, where you everything is controlled by a middleman.、Um, so you you don't interact directly with the you know the one that actually doing like for example. Uh, the insurance you have to buy through a company,、um, so things like that.、Um, so with with、uh, decentralized finance means that everything is decentralized. So there's no、uh, middleman, there's no central one that holding the power. You know, it's split between everyone.、Um, so you only interact with right now would be a blockchain and the smart contracts.、Um, 
So I think that, uh, you know, with that, basically, uh, you are in control uh, of what you want to do, basically. So let's say before you want to uh, borrow money, right? Uh, you have to go to the bank and then the bank will lend you the money. Uh, but then, but now with that, you can uh, actually borrow money from anyone else. Uh, it's like a P2P network. And uh, yeah, and then basically that you interact with a smart contract where it said that, you know, A, have to lend B certain amount of money. And then everything is like just, you know, work like that uh, with a smart contract. So uh, which makes it really transparent. So you can see that, you know, everyone is who in charge of what, how much money and things like that. And it reduces the, uh, the errors human errors in, in the process. Um, and uh, yeah, and also one, one, one cool thing about it is that uh, in terms of that, you can you cut all the costs of the middleman, which, you know, give you more in terms of the revenue or a profit that you can share between everyone. So I think that would be what makes decentralized finance would be really interesting to people. And yeah, just get people um, starting in there. Uh, even like for um, your know, big companies still, you know, trying to get into that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's such a groundbreaking, I think, um, concept, like a new one. But like, I think a lot of people have um, this question. So is it too good to be true? You know, like suddenly all the intermediaries, all the, the bank um, are just being removed. So what do you think about it? What is, is there a particular trade-off? That that DeFi has in this field. Yeah, I I think I think so. Uh, you know, everything has like pros and cons, right? So uh, for DeFi, it, first of all, it would be, uh, uh, I think the first one would be definitely the, how easy it is, right? With 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 uh, centralized finance, everything is made so that it's customized and it's like optimized, so that it's really easy to use. Like anyone can use it from like you know a teenager, a kid, even a kid, a teenager. Um, or even like really, you know, old people. Like it's customized. It has like people helping you along the way. Uh, so it's make it really easy to use. As to the DeFi, since it's like really new, and uh, yeah, people are making it just like just so that it can work, <laughs> not just like to optimize it to to make it like really easy to use as a first hand. So uh, yeah, so it's really hard to like onboard new people to DeFi because. Yeah, they they have to know what the wallet is. They have to know how to transfer the access uh, through different chains, um, and things like that. And what's the gas fee? You know, like all that is like a lot of a lot of stuff. So definitely one one big challenge would be the the onboarding process. Um, and then uh, of course DeFi is something new, and with everything new, it's like a lot of you know scams. I would say you know going along the way, a lot of bad stuff happening, and which which makes you know DeFi can be quite um, a challenge to people like want to just try things out because, oh, I heard it's really bad. Oh, I heard like a lot of people got scammed. Uh, those kind of stuff, like those kind of question and they just like, uh, maybe I just, you know, wait for the next, you know, few years or something like that to actually, uh, to see how it goes, uh, basically. So I think those are would be the, the downside of DeFi, um, uh, which is really interesting right now because people are trying to fix that, you know, People are trying to maybe have something called CDFI, which is like a middle part of where people transition from like centralized finance to actually decentralized. Um, I think that's a really, you know, uh, a great way to look at it and a great way uh, to how people solve that. Um, maybe we can see, you know, in the next few months, maybe, or um, to see how it actually turn out. 
And uh, even with that, if we can do that and, you know, onboard more people in. And I think which leads to a really cool one would be, you know, NFT and, and what everyone is about right now. It's Metaverse and NFT and GameFi because it's onboard people a lot easier. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it'd be great to, to, to see how it's going to, you know, reveal in the next, next few months or so. And I think Coin88 is solving like some of the problem of onboarding new people, right? Because you're offering, you know, um, the wallet and even like the customer service. You, yeah, you just mentioned, which is a very important part of Coin88 and the one of the main competitive advantage. Um, so, do you think like in the future, uh, what is what is the prospect of DeFi? Like, how will it turn out in like five years or ten years? What are you seeing there? Right. So I think uh, it's really hard to tell, of course, uh, especially in like five and 10 years because because crypto and, and blockchain is really, you know, fast moving. So you don't even know what's coming in the next year or so, right? So, uh, but then if you look at the longer term, um, you know, personally, I think that uh, it's definitely still there. You know, DeFi is not going anywhere because it's, it has been proven to, to actually work quite well. Um, the thing is that I think people would like, you know, upgraded it more um, to more advanced and also like fix what's coming along the way. So right now would be the onboarding process, right, to get people in. Um, so they're going to fix it with like more, uh, you know, it's just easier to use um, or they have like better UI, UX um, and things like that, you know, uh, just to get people started in DeFi. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely DeFi is still there. And I think it's actually can be, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that people look back and see that, um, it's like a a transition part, you know, um, and, and why people got interested in in blockchain. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's still like a, a big thing in the next five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, so I want to ask you about a concept that, uh, I think has recently popped up a lot in the discussion in the blockchain field, which is tokenomics. So recently, you know, a lot of projects relating to GameFi, like, um, have been out there, you know, been rolling out to the market, like, at such a lightning speed. Um, and people usually assess the, the project based on tokenomics a lot. So what do you think, like, about the term tokenomics and how, like, how important is it in DeFi? as opposed to GameFi and Artifine, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, the tokenomics, you need to first understand is also uh, breakdown out as like token, which is like the token of a project and uh, economics, right? So tokenomics. Um, and uh, I think it could be the same uh, with GameFi, like the trend of GameFi or any like DeFi or anything other like that, because uh, basically it's the same thing. Um, you know, it's just about like the economics of the crypto tokens. Um, you know, it involves all the factors of the demand and supply of the tokens. So yeah, which whichever project it is, whether it's DeFi or GameFi, it's basically the same. You still have you know the demand and supply of the tokens. So it includes everything from the quality, the distribution, the production of the crypto tokens, and uh, what makes it like really important factor, right? Uh, when people look at a, a project to see. Uh, oh, what is tokenomic? Is it good? Is it bad? Like, how can they know? Um, so actually we have uh, this, I think we already covered this on, on our uh, website, 
uh, or you know a, a web page about uh, showing is coinit.net so you can just go there and there but you know in short basically that you know you can understand of like you can know um, the total supply of a token of a project the plan they, they plan to do and then you also see like you know how of the each phase of like you know let's say they want to have um, <clears throat> the the um, the, the, the fasting schedule which is like they have they will have like different rounds of like racing of fundraising right so it means that for each uh you know for each part they would need to have like a, a release token schedule where um let's say for the private sale they need to let the investor to have the token right that they need to unlock the token for them or for the team or uh, for whichever right so by looking at that you can understand like let's say if like a tokenomic let's say a project they own 80 percent of the token so that's pretty bad right because it means that they can control everything so um so you look at the tokenomics you can know a certain things about how they make it look like and how it's going to be like in terms of like um you know what is it for the investor right like a retail investor like for us, if we want to buy a token right now, would it make sense? Because, you know, if the if the investor control like 50% of it and they already have it unlocked, so basically that they can sell it anytime, right? So uh, so the tokenomics is really important. I think it's one of the most important factors that you should look at uh, for a project to see if the token is designed, uh, uh, you know, in a good way or bad way or, you know, a balance i would say um and um, for most projects right um you can find the tokenomics like right there they usually put it in the the white paper or the deck um, or any like research um even like for example like we have our tokenomics and everything in our docs in a website and also like uh, on binance as well so because we we do the the launch on, on binance so yeah Binance to do the research of our tokenomics as well. So you can find uh, all the info like that, you know, uh, pretty much e everywhere. So, yeah, so make sure that you uh, understand the tokenomic uh, of the project that you want to invest in because, yeah, that could be a big factor. Yeah. Mm -mm. So shifting away from um, DeFi a bit. So regarding the recent trend of, you know, GameFi and Metaverse, you know, uh, Facebook changing its name to Meta and a lot of, uh, you know, um, influencers around the world, you know, voice their opinions regarding the field a lot. So what's your opinion on, like, especially in Vietnam, right? You could see a lot of projects are popping up, especially about games. And yeah, the speed is unbelievable and even the amount. So what do you think about that? Is it like a hype or is it, you know, is it a, a sign of something great, like gonna come out in the near term? Okay. So I think um, in terms of like, game projects um first of all i would say that it's great to see that people especially like you know team from vietnam uh doing so many uh i think it's a you know i think it's good like good sign um however you know um uh, because it's so easy to do um uh, people need to understand that there are certain projects and certain teams out there that they just want to do it because it's really easy to do and they want to gain benefits in the in the short term, right? Um, so the same thing. I think it would be the same for any other, uh, you know, trend like GameFi or NFT. You know, um, so uh, so you have to understand that 
this is trend and, and people are like doing it, you know. But also there's like teams that are doing it for the long term. Uh, that they want to do it, you know, because they like it and they think that you know it's the future, it's part of the future. And 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 to us, you know, we really appreciate and encourage people if they want to do it in the long term because we are like a long term team. Uh, we we seek uh, you know long term vision, long term people. So that's that's what we view. Um, but the, the fact that you know a lot of uh, projects out there that uh, basically just just do it because uh, they want to make money or uh, yeah, the quick money. Um, I mean, it's okay, I guess. But, but uh, you have to be like as like a user or investor out there. You need to be really concerned or really careful about choosing the projects, right? Uh, because it's really easy to do, easy to make. Um, so I think uh, in in the long term, um, uh, yeah, of course, you know, NFT metaverse is still a thing, um, uh, which I think Facebook did a great job by changing the name to to catch up with the hype, you know. But actually, um, recently, I actually watched a video from actually um, Microsoft uh, about what they do about um, metaverse or um, AR, VR mixed like you know. Um, augmented reality, right? Uh, really cool. Uh, it's called Microsoft uh, Mesh. So if you got the chance, you know, uh, please go to YouTube and see that video. Uh, it's really cool, and I think that would be, you know, really interesting to see in action. That's that's the future I want to see of, you know, uh, a lot of like metaverse that we're talking about. Uh, that actually uh, really cool. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, to us, you know, we definitely uh, still in place of working with uh, a few uh, projects. Uh, that we feel like you know it can be a great uh, you know joining force and, and working with those projects and even like working on our own project that can you know do with like NFT or or metaverse would be really cool. So uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. We definitely have something uh, coming up uh, for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great to to hear you know your view on you know stressing the importance of. Um, a long-term view and seeing the whole picture instead of um, you know just getting quick money. Um, back then, um, in our RMIT fintech blockchain forum, so we uh, invited you know Mr. Willie, and then he mentioned something um, that's really stood out um, to me is like those projects that really just you know go in there for the money. They really what they do is of course they gain money, but they also take the trust out of the market and. Yeah, and that really leaves an impact, like a negative one, on the field. Definitely, I, I think I think that's actually one of the things that make it harder to people to trust crypto or trust DeFi, because they, yeah, they they heard a lot of like you can consider that as a scam, kind of right, because you know uh, you give money in, but then you never get it out, and uh, yeah, it's just hard to people to trust again if they already got a bad uh, image. Optify. So, yeah, it's hard to see, but uh, it is what it is, uh, and we just have to like try better. Uh, it's just like you know, getting the trust of of the users. Yeah. So, um, I wanna ask about like uh, your vision as a head of growth. So, what are you planning to, you know, what do you have in mind to bring Coin ninety eight to the next level and to maintain or to maintain its position right now as one of the industry leading um company out there? Yeah. Um, so I think to us, we, um, we always like, you know, constantly, uh, try to improve ourselves, uh, whether in terms of like, uh, building products, you know, making the product better, 
or in terms of anything, uh, it's like uh, getting more knowledgeable on what we do and things like that. Um, I think for us, for the next, you know, six months, right? Um, we definitely want to, you know, do some changes in terms of like our branding. Um, so, uh, you know, we we trying to be more of a like uh, you look at you know Coinetti, you can get the the image or the idea of like a leading, as you said, uh, would be a, a great a great thing for us for sure. Like we're trying to be you know going up that level where uh, we can. You know, if you look at Coinetti, you see the trust, you see uh, you know people working hard, uh, you see that you know we make really uh, good products and we always listen to our user uh, to get the feedback. So those are the things that we want to get across about branding. So, uh, so definitely something that we will try to do in terms of like changing how we communicate, how we do the branding, um, and um, and also like campaigns, right? We we did a lot of campaigns before, uh, so we also want to do something like that um, and make uh, you know call it something that uh, is a brand that you look at, uh, you can feel that it's from Vietnam, you know, it make you proud. Um, and uh, also something that we really, you know, want to do would be trying to educate the users uh, to understand about the market, the crypto, a blockchain, uh, so that you know, all the bad images that we talk about that they can uh, rinse away, right? We 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 want to create that uh, better image for all the users. So that would be the next thing that we want to do. And um, to do that, you know, we also have plans already, you know. Uh, of course, this is something that we just want to test first. Everything needs testing, right? To to see what's the best one. Um, so we hope that you know all user, all the community, and everyone out there, you know, would would follow us and 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 um, see what we do, and also like give us feedback. You know, we really appreciate all the feedback to see that if we go into the right direction, and uh, yeah, that would mean a lot to us. And uh, yeah, I think that would be how we try to move to the next level. Yeah, that's great to hear. So you mentioned something about educating the user. So do you have a particular audience in mind, especially, you know, the young uh, people like us who are really, um, you know, we're born with technology and we're more likely to adopt this kind of trend. So do you have any kind of initiative that target, you know, the young audience or, yeah, to students, for example? Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. So... Yeah, actually, like doing a podcast like this could be one of those. Uh, we would love to uh, to be more active and more involved with like universities. So like we, we're really glad and, and exciting uh, when we see that RMIT is one of those universities that, you know, leading this into like uh, like fintech or, or uh, blockchain in general. Um, it's really cool to see. And, and we hope to like other universities would do the same and we would be more involved in that. Uh, we also would like to do a sponsor, uh, so sponsorship to those events or um, things like that. We also want to do like, for example, especially if you are like a, a student learning about coding uh, or like you're trying to be like a developers. We have like events like a hackathons that we do uh, co-host or sponsor with like other projects out there that we would like you like all the students or yeah develop and developers want to be to join um that'd be great um so that's a few like initiative that we want to do of course we have like more in terms of like uh media as well so um besides you know coordinate.net which is like our main website for vietnamese audience we want to be more like you know we i think we we're quite active on on, on like other social channels like uh, youtube or now like, tiktok is like really popular right so yeah so yeah so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 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 things like that. You know, we try to make it better. Um, get more audience. Um, first, I think we need to get them to interest in, uh, in in crypto. Yeah, in the field first, and then okay. Now you need. Oh, you you, you are interested now. Uh, you want to learn more, right? So where do you go from that? And we try to provide resources uh, and help from from that. So I think that would be uh, a few things that we want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, so since our podcast main audience is you know the young people and the Gen Z and. Um, so after hearing this podcast, I believe that a lot of them would want to join Coin88. You know, so what skills or attitudes or mindsets you know Coin88 is looking for in terms of candidate for any job position or even intern? Yeah, uh, this is actually a great great question uh, because uh, yeah, this is how actually we we hire uh, people uh, to Coin88. So. You so one thing that I definitely think would be worth mentioning would be would be that we don't look for the best people, but we look for the people that actually um, suit the most to the team to the culture, and can go uh, with us uh, for a long time. So uh, what I mean by that is that you know because maybe you are the expert or the best in one of the skill, but you cannot work in a team, you cannot, you know, uh, work well with the culture of the team or something like that, you know, it, it, it just, it just make it harder. And, and basically you can really go far with the team uh, like that. We, we, yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of the time that I see that people, uh, you know, trying to uh, get, get into like the, or getting the job, right. Is that they're trying to make them stand out the most, being the most unique, uh, like, you know, getting the highest of everything, like getting all the achievements. I feel like, yeah, people really try to do that, uh, especially with uh, LinkedIn, where, uh, you know, people like show all the achievements, all the courses that they do, right? Uh, I mean, nothing wrong with it, right? Nothing wrong with it. Uh, It's good that you try to learn a lot of stuff um, and things like that, but um, to us, you know, we 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 do see that, and then I think you you already uh, see that in a person when you interview them. So um, the process at Coinet would be when you send in your resume or your CV, uh, we we scan it first, and then we only. And I just want to take this chance to 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 tell this to everyone. Like um, only the shortlisted candidates will get the emails back. To, to to get the interviews right so yeah don't uh yeah please uh you know uh we we're sorry but we cannot like send all the emails back to everyone because that's just like too many uh but yeah so so that would be the interview and and the interview would be 80 percent of how we decide on you know whether we should hire this uh person or not right um uh, yeah, it, it basically that what we do in there that we we get to know you first, you know, as a person, and then, uh, and then yeah, maybe we talk a bit more about your experience, um, how you get in, how what makes you interested in crypto, what makes you want to be part of Coinet and things like that. So we want to listen to you, your story, uh, more, uh, because we feel like, uh, you know, if you're the right person, you can always train that to be better as a skills. But if you are good at skill, but the wrong person, you cannot really change that person, right? Like a uh, attitude or, or things like that. So that's how we go with like you know in terms of like hiring, um, and and yeah, I think I think it would be great to 
to other like your young folks uh, in, in university to 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 yeah to maybe to note that um, and uh, yeah understand how important it is to actually you know um, also be be um, be able to work in a team. Uh, a teamwork is the key, uh, and also your attitude. Uh, you know, uh, at, at work, um, like um, you always need to be, and and this is one of the key things, especially in crypto and, and all. I think all the startups do that. You need to be really passionate, and uh, basically, like you need to learn every day. So, uh, you need to that a mindset of like you know really proactive. Yeah, you need to ask a lot. You know, don't like don't be afraid to ask. Uh, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I think those are a few things that we definitely look for in in terms of like you know the people that we want to hire. And uh, yeah, and then you know all the these like Gen Z or um, young young generation that want to join us. You know, uh, we definitely we we actually do love you know young people to join us because we we really young team by the way. So uh, everyone's like in uh, in uh, in their twenties. Um, yeah, I think everyone is in the twenties. Even like we had a few ones that joined us in their nineteen or eighteen, uh, so really young. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's I think as long as you know we we see that there's potential, uh, we definitely want to give it a try with with any any potential employees. So yeah, for sure. Mm, that's such a great insight into how you actually recruit people. Yeah, uh, I just want to ask one last question. I think. Um, this is also what I've been experiencing, you know, when I first look into the field and trying to learn it. So one of the, the, the feeling that I kind of have, like, recently is the formal one. Like, because in this field, you know, like, everything pops up so quickly and, you know, new projects are launching out and, you know, so many things to learn. Then what do you think are the right approach to learn and to get to know um, about this field? Is it? Um, you know, catching up with the news constantly or learning from the basic, like the root. Like how should a newbie approach this view? Because it's too new. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I think uh, with FOMO, it's, it's the same for every type of like investment, right? Whether it's in stocks or crypto. Uh, you you heard the term uh, before a lot of these like, in terms of, like investment. So I think, um, I mean, to me, um, I would definitely say that you should um, do both, but then you you need to uh, focus on understanding the fundamentals or the, the basic first. So you need to understand, like for example, uh, really cool things that we mentioned like tokenomics, right? You need to understand what tokenomic is, how to evaluate a project based on that. Um, because if not, right, uh, you just like update about the news, Right, like this new cool project, they have a lot of like influencer talking about them. But then, if you don't know about tokenomic and you you skip that part, you don't know that all of these people are on the team that they already have, you know, that that the upper hand of you. And you, uh, if you just like invest in, you basically uh not really a really good, you know, uh position. So, uh, yeah. So I did everything that you should. Uh, understand the basic first, you know, get all the things, fundamental things first. Uh, once you do that, then you need to keep up with the news. You know, you need to keep up with everything people are saying, what Elon Musk is tweeting, uh, things like that, right? So, 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 yeah, you need to keep up with the news and the trends. But only after 
where you already master all the basics. I think I think that would be a good approach where you will like you 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 know you you can control uh what you do basically. So like you know you understand that right. So like your money. So is is your your take on it? But at least you know the basic stuff, so you don't have to like blame other people where where you already invest, right? So yeah, I think it would be a good approach. I think that everyone should do so a bit more uh safe. You know, I would say, uh, don't you know, don't be FOMOing, uh, into like other people's uh, opinions or 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 things like that. You know, it's really hard to be honest. Like even to us or yeah, like people always do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it takes time. You know, uh, you know, takes time. You know, be in the market. Maybe you can try starting out with a small amount of money first. You know, just to get the feel, and then but then you need to understand to learn. Because everything you know, you need to learn to understand it. So, yeah, learning about the basic is always the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a perfect wrap up for this episode of our podcast. Thank you so much for um, attending and joining us today. It's been a great pleasure listening to so many insights about the field, about Coin eighty eight, how you guys um, recruit, and also the long term vision that the company is having. It's just yeah, really interesting. So yeah, see you and hope that we could have a chance to, you know, invite you back for another episode um, in the future. Thank you so much, Mr. Min. Thank you. Till next time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Bye, guys.